Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic, naturopathic doctor and founder of Amorta Swa Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today we have a special guest I'm excited for, Alan Klein, who's the world's only jollytologist, shows audience worldwide how to use humor and positivity to deal with life's not-so-funny stuff. <laughs> I, lo I love it, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, I'd set the set the tone set here. The tone. I love it. <laughs> Great. For those who are, are tuning into the podcast, Alan just put on a, a red clown nose. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Alan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, wonderful to be here. It's such a beautiful, happy day where I am, and I hope it is where you are too. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, yeah, tell us a little about Jollytologists and what led you to this realm or what is it? <laughs> tell us your journey. Yes, let's right. right there. What is a Jollytologist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a proctologist. <laughs> That's very different. <laughs> very different. I don't think I want my proctologist <laughs> to be a Jollytologist. <laughs> um, I actually made up that that uh, name and it's uh, registered and copyrighted so no one else can take it but um, I went back to school to get a master's degree in human mm -hmm. H-U-M-A-N development and my my thesis, although I didn't write a thesis, I had to give a three hour lecture instead of the thesis was on therapeutic humor. And I think the word laughter in Greek is jellos, G-E-L-O-S. So I started to call myself a jellotologist, and then people thought I made that dessert, you know. <laughs> um, so that didn't work. So I changed it to jollytologist, mm -hmm. and people would say, you know, what is that? And then I explain that I show people how to lighten up and use humor to deal with not so funny stuff. Mm. So 25 words or less, that's, that's what it is. That's who I am. <laughs> oh, how did I get to, to do this? Yes. So it came out of a time in my life where, that was um, very difficult, very challenging. Mm. And my wife and I had uh, moved to San Francisco. She lived here. Mm -hmm. I lived in New York City. We had a cross-country romance for a number of years. And then we moved to San Francisco, and uh, we always would say we'd like one of those vic beautiful Victorian houses, you know, that we have here in the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we got one. And then right after that, we found out she had a rare terminal liver disease. Oh, wow. And she did pass away three years after that. And needless to say, it was a very difficult um, time, but she always had a great sense of humor. and We'd always laugh together. And yes, there was lots of tears during those three years, but it's the laughter that I remember. And I remembered how it helped lift us above the, what we were going through, gave us a reprieve, gave us a perspective. And that's what humor always does, gets you to see things a little differently. 
I can give you one example, my classic example of humor in the difficult time. She was in the hospital and she had a copy of Play, uh, what is it, Playgirl magazine with the male nude centerfold. And she said, oh. hey, Alan, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I re oh, yeah, oh, I really like this, man. Can you put it on the wall by the bed over there? And I said, Ellen, it's a hospital. It's a little risque for that. <laughs> she said, well, maybe you're right. She said, why don't you get a leaf from the plant over there and cover up that part? <laughs> And uh, Allison Donovan, I, I did that. And things are fine for the first day, fine for the second day. But by the third day, the leaves start shriveling up. <laughs> and we came home from the hospital and we would start to laugh. Mm. And that's when I realized how important laughter was, even if it was five or 10 seconds. But it really just changed the whole atmosphere in the room changed the uh, way we were feeling it gave us a little bit of hope and mm -hmm. so that's when I went back to school to get the master's degree and I wrote uh, my first book the healing power of humor so that's that's how I came to humor through a kind of I guess an unusual way you know through what some people would say was a tragedy mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that story with us. It's it's really powerful, you know, just in that short amount of time, how you can show how much humor can really change just the the, the situation that you're in. I want to dig in a little bit more on maybe some of that work that you did and talk uh, or ask a little bit about um, therapeutic humor as opposed to, uh, I guess, maybe other therapeutic modalities or or what do you see as sort of the differences and and how people can start integrating that sort of uh, approach. Right. Well, I, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, what about laughter in a nightclub? You know, mm -hmm. stand-up comedians. And then I, and you might, some people might say, well, that's not therapeutic, but <laughs> people are not thinking about their stress, their problems when they're laughing, you know, how they get to laugh. It could be a stand-up comedian. It could be a sitcom on TV. It could be with a friend at a coffee shop. It could be from reading a book. I mean, I don't think the, um, how you get it matters as much as that you get it and that it's healing because it, again, it just, I mean, physiologically, there are changes. You, you breathe deeper when you're laughing. Um, you, you forget about some of your stress, um, you get more air in your lungs. I mean, there's all kinds of, your blood pressure goes up like you're running and then you stop laughing. It do, goes below normal. So it's very aerobic, the laughter, if it's powerful, uh, big laughter, not just little T, not, not that, um, so even in a nightclub, I think the humor could, the laughter could be very beneficial. And I guess I should, I'm like everyone else, I'm interchanging humor and laughter together in sentences, but they're really two different things. And you, I'm not a researcher, but you ask a researcher and you'll probably get a really long explanation of the difference. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I try to keep it simple. So for me, humor is when you see something funny hmm. or you, it's kind of like an attitude. 
you see the world differently and you start to lighten up about it. And then the laughter is the expression of seeing that thing that's funny. So that's my simple <laughs> little explanation. <laughs> but they're both beneficial. You know, mm -hmm. both, the laughter is more physical. So you get more physical benefits. The humor, I think, is more attitudinal. You get to see your, your challenges, your stress, your traffic jams, you know, you see it differently. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see the, the therapeutic benefit as just well as improving our overall well-being. Although a question that got kind of popped into my head when we think about humor and the benefits of it, what about like those moments where it is really heavy and it can lighten up the mood, but like say you were at a funeral <laughs> and someone cracks a joke and then there's going to be those people that think it's funny and then there's those people that thinks it's really inappropriate. So what what would you say to those people? <laughs> I guess. Well, you know, I, I uh, one of my specialties is humor in death and dying mm -hmm. and humor in hospice work. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, how can you laugh at a time like that? And I say, how can you not laugh at a time like that? It's when you're most stressed out probably mm -hmm. in your whole life. And if humor, if laughter gives you some stress relief, then why, are, you know, <laughs> why aren't you honoring this? And I'm not saying go in with a joke. I don't, you know, at a funeral, maybe that's not appropriate. Maybe the person that died was a big jokester. And so that might be appropriate. Um, you know, you always have to kind of listen and assess the situation if you're going to tell a joke. Mm -hmm. So I don't really teach people about te uh, learning jokes. I mean, that's fine if you can do it. Most people don't do it well. <laughs> when I was teaching workshop, I asked how many people in this room could tell a joke well, and there were about five out of 100. So <laughs> can you t both tell a joke well? I Probably not. No, me I'd neither. Probably butcher it. Yeah, I always forget the punchline. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, wait, how does this go? I forget. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So what I do, what I do, and what I teach is to look around you. There is humor all around. So at a funeral, you know, people go and look in the coffin and say, "Oh, they never look so good." <laughs> you know, which is kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I read about a priest, a new priest that was officiating a funeral, and he looked in and he said, see the body here? It's only the shell. The nut is gone. <laughs> uh, so, you know, bizarre things happen at funerals. Um, so I have another book called Embracing Life After Loss, oh. and it's about the five steps of going from loss to laughter. Mm -hmm. um and it, it it's very simple it's just uh some quotes and some of my thinking on it and then very simple steps you know when my wife was uh when my wife had died mm -hmm. i i went to the library and i looked at i took out some books on grieving mm -hmm. and most of them were big fat heavy 300 page books mm -hmm. and they told me about um, like how terrible I'm going to feel that I might not eat. Uh, I might lose my appetite. I might lose my sleep. You know, I might be really stressed out. 
And I thought, I don't need these things. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> going through this, right? I don't need this. Mm-hmm. So later on years, I thought, you know, I need to write a book to counteract those other books that tell me how terrible you're going to feel during grief. And so I wrote this one, a very simple to kind of open anywhere, get a little uplifting motivational quotation, get a couple of words from me, and just sit with that and help you go from loss to laughter. Um, The other thing, there's an interesting study out, uh, it was a two-year study of uh, bereaved um, spouses. And what they found is after two years, the one, the survivor, if the survivor laughed during those two years, they did much better than the ones who did not. Mm. And so we think, well, it's not appropriate. You know, we just talked about, is it appropriate? Mm -hmm. It's not only appropriate, but it's healthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And I think we don't, you know, we're still in society, we don't see that kind of laughter and tears are very close together. And, you know, both tears, of, I'm not saying hold back the tears with laughter, because tears are very beneficial too. you know, it gets, totally. they get those toxins out of our body, but the laughter is just as beneficial. So I think we should not, you know, people often feel guilty when they laugh. And Mm-hmm. A friend or loved one has died. And so I try to show people that how healthy it is and how it can help them get through that loss. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because if I think about, you know, if I were to die from whatever cause right now and people showed up at my funeral and I, you know, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but if people showed up at my funeral and the whole time they were really somber and, you know, if somebody made a joke and everyone else, uh, I don't know, frowned on them or got really angry with them or whatever else. That's not the way that I would like things to go. You know, like I, I wouldn't want, I don't want everyone standing around somber, having a terrible time. If, yeah. uh, if somebody's having uh, something funny to say, then, then that's what I would want. So I would imagine, like you said, it, I'm sure it depends on who the person was, who's around you, uh, th- kind of the full context, you know, like if you're talking to uh, their brother or, or a cousin or whoever else, but I can definitely see where there's opportunities to open up and have some more of, of those laughter experiences. And, and uh, especially after talking about, it, I can see how useful it would be in terms of, or just like healthy, healthy is probably a better word to feel some of those positive emotions in a time that's so heavy and hard. Right. And maybe reminisce about the lighter times together, the fun times we had together. You know, when I was writing one of my books, I interviewed people Um, that have lost loved ones. And I said, how do you think your loved one would want you to live your life? And nearly all of them said, I'd want them to enjoy their life, to go on with their life, not to forget me, you know, but to um, enjoy, enjoy the rest of their life. I would not want them to be sorrowful and crying and grieving the rest of their life. That is not what I want. So it's kind of sometimes different. I remember when I was a hospice volunteer, um, there was a young woman in her early 30s. Her mother had died. Mm -hmm. And for two years, I worked with her and I could not get her out of her grief. It was Mm -hmm. just um, 
you know, and, and, I, and I felt sorry because it was like two lives were lost. The mother had died and now the daughter's life had kind of stood still and she didn't go out, you know, she didn't date, she didn't do anything. She just sat at home, um, you know, grieving and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so laughter, I think could help people get on with their life. Oh, I absolutely agree. It's, it's funny, because last week, we actually covered the topic of crying, which I was saying last week about how, you know, crying is almost like the, the, the more grand expression of, of the sad emotion, essentially. And laughter is kind of like the exaggerated extension of joy and happiness. And mm. it's like, we, we need both uh, of spectrums to have that balance. And I think it's a beautiful thing when we have both. Um, but when people don't have, or they, I feel like some people when they're grieving, they don't give themselves permission to laugh because it would be like, oh, I'm dishonoring the person that I loved or care about um, or or they just can't seem to find the joy in things, even though they want to. So what are some things people can do to to find more more laughter when it's a real struggle for them? Um, I think often people that are grieving like um, hide away, you mm-hmm. know, don't yeah. want to go out, don't want to see other people. I think maybe like do one thing a week or one thing a day, whatever it is to kind of reach out. Mm. Um, And one of the things that I found was really, really helpful after my wife died Mm -hmm. was I volunteered for hospice. Mm. You know, hospice Mm. works with the dying and the families of the dying. And it was so helpful to be with, because I had been with my wife for three years while she was going through this process. So Mm -hmm. I had some experience to give these people that, yes, you will get through this. Somehow you will get through this, you know, Um, and that you need to start doing things in the world. And so by helping other people, I found that I was helping myself. And, and it doesn't have to be hospice. It could be a food bank. It could be reading to kids in a library. Although with COVID these days, that may not be possible, but <laughs> there, there are other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can volunteer on the phone on some helpline. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do, but mm-hmm. um, just, just start helping others. It kind of gets you out of your own, you know, self to to and know that you're doing good and helping other people uh, is like something you can uh, attribute to your loss the the loved one you lost that they've helped you now give back to the world so there's a number of levels there that i think helping other people could help uh, people who are uh, grieving and Mm. yeah On that note, I wanted to ask, because I've been kind of thinking about sort of the balance, right? We've been talking about, you know, the grieving process, and then this process of sort of getting back out in the world, experiencing happiness, uh, and things like that. I'd be curious, um, and, and it seems like you've already talked about it a little bit, but if you have any advice for people on sort of striking that balance, right? Because I'm sure um, one day after, you might not feel like you're ready to go back out into the world and and volunteer and do some stuff, but 
maybe a week later or a month later or two months or anyway, I would just be curious your thoughts on, on finding some of that balance and sort of, um, I guess, building back up the muscle of going out and experiencing things. Right. Well, you know, as you were talking, I thought about after my wife died at a business downtown San Francisco and I was doing pretty well quite a while afterwards, but Every now and then, I would, on my way to work, I would walk by the big, tall Bank of America building, and I would start mm. to cry. Mm. And it, I just stopped in my tracks because my wife and I never had any association. I don't even think we had a Bank of America account. <laughs> you know, we banked elsewhere. Uh-huh. There was something, I don't know if it was mm. the darkness, the tallness, I don't know what it was. And it happened a number of times and I have never been able to figure out why. Hmm. But the thing about uh, loss and tears is that you never know when that grief is going to strike you. Um, So, you know, the thing is, I'm not sure you need to look for that balance so much as be aware that the grief can come on at any time. And it's okay. That it's okay when that comes. And when it doesn't come, just enjoy, enjoy your life. So, you know, I think we talked about some of this. Be with friends, even if you just go out for coffee or take a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really helped me was my daughter and my um, dog. Taking a walk in the park with my dog. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was sad. Sometimes it wasn't, you know, but it got me out of the house, right? The dog had to go to the bathroom. I had to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my daughter, and I know some, some people with young children don't want to talk about like their mother, the young kids, uh, mother or dad died and, and they don't want to talk. The other spouse doesn't want to talk about it. And one of the most helpful things I found, and it was just a gut reaction is to not hide the loss from my daughter. And we would talk about, mm-hmm. you know, if we were stuck, like, what should we do? Should we go to this restaurant or that one? Or, you know, whatever, have Italian food tonight or you know, have a pizza or whatever, um, have a hot dog, whatever. Well, we'd ask each other, what would mommy do? <laughs> In other words, we kept her her memory alive. And mm-hmm. I think that re- that's a tip that, you know, just because the person's body has died, their spirit is around forever. And I think the more you can talk about it, the more um, that person is somewhat alive to you. You haven't like buried them, you know, they're still, you bury the body, but not the spirit. So just, just acknowledge, you know, that, that, that person and what they meant to you in your, in your life. Mm. And maybe the joy that focus on the joy that they brought or, or the knowledge. What did, you know, I learned so many things from my wife because um, believe it or not, I was a very shy person <laughs> before I married her. And uh, she was very outgoing and mm-hmm. a lot of it rubbed off on me. And I, I'm so grateful for that and uh, honor her for teaching me that. And in fact, my whole career changed because of her. You know, who would have thought I would be speaking to as many as 1,500 people in the Grand Old Opry Ballroom about therapeutic humor? 
<laughs> never would have happened without losing her. Not that I wanted her to die. It's but it just it just changed my life. And so every time I give a talk, mm-hmm. you know, I tell that hospital story with the magazine and, and so I'm honoring her her every time I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really beautiful in that, you know, just because someone passes on, you know, their, their memory and what they've given us and um, how we honor them will always live on. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> even in those dark moments, like something incredible and beautiful manifested out of that, you being a speaker about therapeutic humor and helping others kind of go move through their grief in a beautiful way. And I think that's really important. That kind of reminded me, I mean, obviously I've never lost a spouse, but I've gone through breakups, um, probably a different experience, but still like a loss in a sense. And I remember, you know, how I've grown over the years in that instead of just kind of keeping it to myself and not like being with people and sharing about the loss, I, um, the breakups I was able to get over sooner were the ones where I was being of service to others, being out Mm. there, connecting, talking with my friends about it to be able to move through it rather than just kind of like hole up in a corner, (laughs) just, just, just grieve and, and not really like move past the emotions or move through the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want for people listening, it's important to grieve. I mean, I did grieve for quite a long time, but um, it's also important to get on with your life. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need, we need to bring back the laughter, you know, because tears ain't going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to ask, you know, we've been talking about laughter a little bit here and there. I'd be curious if you have any any sort of like framework or any pieces or things because you, you studied laughter right and looked at it pretty in depth that we can use um, to bring more into our life or or sort of situations that produce laughter or just uh, since you've done the research I'd be curious some of your thoughts <laughs> specifically on around laughter. Okay, so I um, I used to be a scenic designer in television. You're both too young to remember Captain Kangaroo. But it was a children's show that was on for over 25 years, and I was the designer. So whenever something came up, that a prop or something, I was the one who had to design it. And I had to think like a child because it was a kid show, you know. So uh, one of the things that I think that is rubbed off on me is I see the world more with childlike eyes. Mm. And, you know, the, in Zen, they talk about seeing the world. If you want to lighten up, you want to not be so stressed out, see the world with beginner's eyes. Mm-hmm. So uh, try to look at things in new ways, you know. And for, for a child, everything is a, is a playground. Everything is a toy, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could be that way for adults, too, um, in my new book, The Awe Factor, I don't know where, here it is. Um, the Awe Factor, I talk about, uh, you know, just like look at a flower, but then look closer and even closer. And you start to see all different new amazing things. Mm-hmm. So that's one is just start seeing your world a little different. Why do we have to be so adult like all the time? 
<laughs> you know, it gets it gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble. It's not always fun, you know. Yeah. Um, and the other is I, I, I because I worked in TV and kids show, I love props. I love things that help me to lighten up. So you saw the clown nose. But, you know, when I on my desk, I love like little silly things like somebody gave me a fake Oscar and I put a little <laughs> thing on it. Nice. So, Dr. Alice, what happened? You saw this and you start to laugh and <laughs> Donovan, you smiled. Um, it doesn't take a lot. You know, it just surround yourself with with those things. I just recently got myself a Dr. Fauci doll. <laughs> nice um <laughs> you may or may not like him i like the doll at least <laughs> but it's 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 a you know and i think it might be worth lots of money in about a hundred years when i'm not here <laughs> um but just surround your things oh photos oh that's the mm. other thing <laughs> Yeah. I love having photos of my loved ones. And so here's a picture of my daughter with a cream pie thrown in her face. <laughs> nice. She was just coming home from camp and she wanted a pie thrown in her face. You know, I have a picture of my dog um, as Aww. a puppy. Aww. Uh, see, I mean, it just yeah. it changes your mood, you know, mm. um, and it doesn't. It's this piece of paper. <laughs> Yeah. But it brings back memories that um, can help you lighten up. Mm. Those are great, great tips and advice. And I appreciate the the approaching or viewing the world with more like childlike wonder and awe. <laughs> I think that's that's super important because I think as adults, we also I, when I think of kids, it's just so easy for them to, to laugh and cry or just they feel their feelings. They wear it on their sleeve. <laughs> There's no like, like inner dialogue of like, should I cry? Would people like judge me? It's just like, they just do it. Or should I laugh? They just, they find the silliest things like turning on a water faucet. Silly. <laughs> and right, it's, right. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and I agree. Yeah. I think we could all learn a lot from so be Yeah. Be a little more <laughs> playful. My daughter is 50 something now. I don't know, but mm -hmm. we still walk down the street and when it moves us, we go up to a parking meter and make believe it's a microphone <laughs> and we both <laughs> sing into the microphone. I, I don't know. We just, we're really together. We play a lot together. Mm -hmm. And it's nice. You have like a family member who who's on board with, with playing because you know not everyone who, who your friends or family <laughs> might not be on board but it's it's probably helps you know yeah both it of helps you to move forward. well <laughs> that's the other thing you know tip to to mm -hmm. get more lightness in your life is hang around people mm -hmm. that help you to laugh and smile mm -hmm. uh yeah i can give you an example of somebody we've put out of our life except on certain occasions Mm -hmm. uh, because of who she is and the way mm -hmm. she acts. So um, you, we have the power to do that, right? Uh, we don't have, you know, unless you're married to them, <laughs> you may not have to have them around all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Alan, it's been such a pleasure to have you on our show. Before we wrap up today, is there anything you'd like to, to plug or share with our audience? Well, I invite people to lighten up, maybe have a feather. Yeah. 
to remind <laughs> you Ooh, by your computer right. to lighten up. Mm -hmm. Simple little thing. But yeah, you know, all my books are on Amazon uh, or other booksellers or your local bookstore can get it. Um, so the healing power of humor talked mm -hmm. about today. The new one is the awe, A-W-E factor. And the one in between was about uh, lightening up grief was embracing life after loss. Awesome. It was so great to be on the show. It's, I can't believe it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Went so fast. It, it does. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're having a good time and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in, being a part of the show. If you want to share in the comments time that you laughed, feel free to. <laughs> and Go, go do something fun to lighten up the mood. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Alan. And All right, thank, thank you, everyone. You. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com. And you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.